After an animated introduction to the fictional African Kingdom of Wakanda, Black Panther opens in Oakland in 1992. This may seem an odd choice, but it is in fact quite apt. The film's director, Ryan Coogler, got his start in the city, having been born there in 1986. His filmmaking career has its roots there, too, as it was the setting for his debut feature, Fruitvale Station. A bunch of schoolboys, a fictionalized young Kugler perhaps among them, play pickup hoops on a court with a milk crate basket. But in the tall apartment building above them, two black radicals are plotting a robbery. There's a knock on the door and one of the men looks through the peephole. Two Grace Jones looking chicks, with spears. I won't recount the rest of the scene, except to note that the comingling of two very different iterations of the term, Black Panther, the comic book hero and the revolutionary organization, ironically established just months apart in 1966, is in no way accidental, and it will inform everything that follows. Yes, Black Panther is another multizillion dollar installment in the burgeoning Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that is not all that it is. Other superhero movies have dabbled in big ideas, the Dark Knight trilogy most notably, and the X-Men franchise to a lesser degree, but their commitments to the moral and political questions they contemplated were relatively haphazard and or peripheral. The arguments Black Panther undertakes with itself are central to its architecture, a narrative spine that runs from the first scene to the last. Nicole Mo Miles Poydras, the hero of the tale is, of course, T'Challa Chadwick Boseman, the king of Wakanda and, as the Black Panther, protector of his people, having drunk the nectar of a mystical flower, he has the strength of many men, in a suit woven of bulletproof vibranium, he is virtually indestructible, that's the Marvel part. Indeed, Wakanda itself is built on the bounty of a meteorite bearing vibranium, the strongest metal on earth, that struck Africa millennia ago, technologically advanced beyond the dreams of any other nation, Wakanda cloaks itself from the world behind an illusory rainforest, as far as the rest of the world knows, it is a third world country, textiles, shepherds, cool outfits. An advanced African civilization, thriving in isolation, untouched by war or colonialism. This is the first alternative vision of the world Kugler explores, but neither the last nor the most intriguing. As the new king, his father having been killed in Captain America, Civil War, the movie that first introduced Black Panther, T'Challa is supported, and occasionally hindered, by an assortment of family, colleagues, and rivals. His younger sister, Shuri Letitia Wright, a precocious tech genius who outshines even Tony Stark. His regal mother, Ramonda Angela Bassett, the kingdom's high priest, Zuri Forrest Whitaker, the surly chief of a rebellious clan, Mbaku Winston Duke, T'Challa's best friend and chief of the border guard, Wakabi Daniel Kalua, his chief general and head of the Dora Milaje, an all-female royal honor guard, Okoy Denai Guerrera, and his former flame, Nakia Lupita Nyong'o, who is also a covert agent for the Dora Milaje. When we first meet Nakia, she is working undercover to bust a ring of human traffickers operating in Nigeria. When T'Challa rescues her from the traffickers, she is nonplussed. What are you doing here? You've ruined my mission. Nakia's experience in poor, neighboring countries has led her to question Wakanda's policy of secrecy and isolation. Think, after all, of the good their nation's wealth and knowledge could do in the world, and in Africa in particular. Wakanda, she tells T'Challa, is strong enough to help others and protect itself. This is Kugler's second vision, an African nation that could serve as a beacon of hope, curing diseases, offering foreign aid, accepting refugees, across the continent and beyond.